Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America. Happy Sunday. So grateful to have an opportunity to break into your week and have a chance to talk. We've got a great lineup of guests taken from our television show, Just the News, Not Noise, adapted for this very podcast. Back to back to back to back. Five great guests. You will not be disappointed. First up, the former Homeland Security Secretary, Chad Wolf. He's here to talk about the border and all that's going on there, including the very extraordinary decision by the Biden administration to allow people with known terrorist ties to come across the border and stay. Does that make you scratch your head? It did for Chad Wolf as well. We've got a great conversation with him. Then we're going to turn to the gas price crisis in America. Yes, it's almost intolerable, if not wallet busting, to have to go fill up your tank of gas on the car, the truck every week. Well, Tim Stewart, the head of the Oil and Gas Association of America, he's going to Bring us up to speed on what's going on, what are the real forces, and what are some of the lies that Washington is telling about why you're suffering at the gas pump. That is a great thing to always be able to set the record straight. He's one of the great trusted voices. Senator Ron Johnson, one of our great friends from the show, here to talk about all that's going on, including that border and the things he's doing and the Homeland Security Committee and the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations of the Senate. Senator Ron Johnson from the great state of Wisconsin, here to talk about things that Harvey Risch. I know a lot of people say every time they watch him on my show, John, why isn't he our disease chief in America? Why doesn't he replace Dr. Fauci? A lot of good questions, but Harvey Risch from Yale University, always a great interview. We love having him on and he'll be joining us as well. That's our show. A great show for Sunday. Enjoy. We'll have a quick commercial break and we'll get started right after that. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, everybody. Last week, President Biden very quietly changed some of the immigration rules to allow people, some people with ties to terrorists or terrorism, uh, to enter the country without being turned away. That has a lot of people concerned about the security of our border. And we have the perfect guest for the first uh, block of our segment to talk just about this. He's the former secretary of the Homeland Security Department under President Trump, Chad Wolf. Mr. Secretary, great to have you back on the show with us today. Well, great. Uh, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Let me just start with some of that breaking news. Arizona is going to be back in court, it looks like. Challenged because it wants to check the citizenship status of its voters. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think this is obviously a very reasonable approach. We all know that to vote federally in federal elections, obviously, you need to be a United States citizen. So you need to be able to verify that. So I don't think that there. this is not an extreme position, as though I'm sure the Department of Justice and others would have you believe. Uh, this is something that's fairly common uh, that should be done, particularly when we talk about federal elections. Now, we've seen like the state of New York and other states actually allow individuals who are not U.S. citizens to vote in state elections. But obviously, with the Department of Justice getting involved, we're talking about federal elections. And so how does a state of Arizona make sure that they're in compliance with a, a federal law, making sure that only citizens to vote? Well, you need to verify that. So it's a reasonable approach. And this is, a, a, you know, again, another effort by this administration to put Americans last and to put migrants and those here illegally in the country first. And I think most Americans, again, kind of throw their hands up and say, you know, what's going on with the current state and the current approach of this administration? Yeah. yeah. Mr. Secretary, you served under President Trump. I know that that the Trump administration, including his cabinet, you guys were um, you, you very much had your thumb on the pulse of America in determining what was best for our country, but also what the polling said. And this administration seems to be doing so many things that are wildly unpopular with the American people. Just this instance that we're talking about now, most Americans, the majority of Americans agree that you should have to be American to vote in an American election. Are they just not paying attention? Well, they may either not be paying attention or they simply don't care. They have an agenda that they're, it seems as though they're pursuing, you know, particularly whether you look at the voting and obviously what's going on there in Arizona or you look at the border uh, and they have a plan that they've been uh, executing on for the past 15 or 16 months, which is, again, wildly unpopular, not effective uh, and is not the right approach. And yet they continue to pursue it month after month, doubling down in some instances on making the matter worse in the midst of a historic border crisis. What does the administration do? They go all the way to the Supreme Court uh, so that, that they can end one of the most successful programs, which is the Remain in Mexico program, which will only make this crisis and the situation at the border even more dire. Uh, so again, in, so, in certain circumstances, they are doubling down. So it makes no sense. And again, uh, widely out of touch and out of step with the American people. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Now, you do a lot of work at America First Policy Institute on security and the border security. Last week, the Biden administration lifted the, some of the requirements so that people with terrorist eyes, people on the FBI watch list, in some circumstances, can still enter into the country. Your thoughts on that? And also the Biden administration's claim that they're doing this because of Afghan refugees. Well, I think this is, you know, one that they announced, uh, you know, late at night, probably right before a uh, July 4th weekend, <laughs> hoping that most people wouldn't wouldn't see it, nor would they understand it. But I think it's an important 
important to bring up, and I'm glad that you are you are doing so. Look, what they're trying to do at the end of the day to say, look, if individuals overseas have helped or provided some type of support, either insignificant support, and they use these other buzzwords, to terrorist organizations, we should still be able to allow them into the United States. The problem with this is they say it's applying to Afghans, but the rule that they have offered is so broad that it actually applies to many more individuals other than just Afghans. And so I, I don't think that the American people, and I certainly don't believe that this administration is actually competent enough to actually administer this in a way that is actually good for Americans. And it doesn't create more loopholes at the end of the day. If, if they wanna provide some relief to Afghans and to get them over here, then they can do that on a case-by-case -case basis. But when you offer a federal rule like this and you're exempting and you're applying whole classes of individuals to these exemptions, that's where the problem lies. And again, I don't have faith and I don't believe that the American people have faith that this administration can actually execute that federal register notice in the manner in which they say they can. If you just look at the withdrawal from Kabul, totally botched. If you look at what's going on at the border, totally botched. And so I think, you know, they're, the inability to actually execute on things is what is giving me a lot of pause in this in this circumstance. Yeah, and I think, you know, for Americans pertaining to this, safety is always number one. And and our federal government has become bloated so far beyond what it was originally intended. But one of their biggest responsibilities, if not the biggest, is to keep the American people safe. And under under President Trump, we had an unprecedented amount of, of peace and safety here on U.S. soil due, I think, in large part to the travel ban. But you contrast that with with this new leniency uh, regarding these nations and, and, and our southern border, whatever the case may be, with respect to national security. And it feels like we are staring down the business end of a boning knife. How is this lack of safety going to manifest itself? Well, I think I think you hit it right on the head, which is, you know, during the Trump administration, we decided to put the American people in their interest first. And so the things that we did and the policies that we pursued had America's first and then and then everyone else a second and a third. And I think that's the complete reversal that we see today. Um, and we need to make sure, you know, when we talk about making sure that we can bring Afghans in, that's fine. Uh, particularly those that have been properly vetted. But what we saw, again, particularly after the fall of Kabul, is that this administration did not properly vet these individuals. They guaranteed that all of them would be coming in on special immigrant visas. We now know that the vast majority of them did not qualify for those visas. So instead, they've been paroled into the country. And so it's one misstep after another, after another, and after another from this administration. And again, as you indicated, it only takes one or two very bad individuals to come into this country to do some very bad things. And that's why we have a screening and a vetting regime, a very robust regime in place, certainly during the Trump administration, uh, that has been changed and modified over a number of different months um, that have, I believe, have created some loopholes here and that uh, we'll continue to monitor those. Yeah, it's really very important. It's worked really well over the last 20 years, too. We've caught a lot of people coming into this country before they could do harm, and it's just the mind-boggling uh, change that a lot of people are talking about. I want to flip real quickly to the tragedy on July 4th in the Chicago suburbs yesterday. A gunman opens up on a parade of American celebrators. Uh, it looks like from the early facts that the police have put out there, all these laws that have been passed in Illinois, the red flag law, uh, the uh, assault weapons ban in Illinois, the uh, new laws that were just passed in Congress, none of them would stop this gunman from doing what he did. Your thoughts on the, the Democrats' efforts to keep trying to legislate their way out of these sort of tragedies? Well, obviously, the, the situation that we saw on July 4th is, is tragic. And in some cases, no amount of new laws that are, are going to get passed is really going to get to the heart of what's driving a lot of these incidents. And certainly, I think there were a lot of uh, indicators and warnings from this individual on social media and in others that uh, perhaps there was some violence uh, that was certainly in his near future. So there's a lot of a lot of things that we need to look at. The moral uh, integrity of, of you know, the kids that are growing up, young adults and the like need to be looked at. I think there's a number of things that we can do, but simply thinking that we're going to legislate uh, morality back into our culture by passing a number of new laws, most of which are, are ignored or not enforced to begin with, I think is the wrong approach. So I think this is a holistic look. Uh, it's not just 
passing federal laws to to crack down more and more on individuals who don't pay attention to laws to begin with, right. I, I don't think is the right approach. Yeah, that's what a lot of people I think are saying today. Mr. Secretary, it's always an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us today. All right, thank you. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, more interviews, more news, more exclusive insights. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Welcome back, everybody. We are four months almost on the nose away from midterm elections, and many Americans still just have a lot of questions about election integrity. But one of those states who uh, is trying to fix some of those issues is Arizona. So we are delighted to bring in Arizona's Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Amanda, for having me, John. Good seeing you. As well. We're happy to have you. And I wanted to get your reaction to this uh, DOJ lawsuit that was filed to basically block Arizona's new House bill that's requiring proof of citizenship to vote, which seems like a very reasonable measure to me. Well, it's a very common sense measure. I mean, it should be the policy of every government everywhere that only citizens can vote in their elections. And so it's head scratching and puzzling to someone like me. Uh, knowing what's happened in the past, we want to make sure everyone has integrity or confidence in the electoral process. And so while the Biden, by the Biden administration's Department of Justice literally is letting people, millions of people, illegally enter our country, um, now they want to tell Arizona that you can't enact common sense measures to make sure only citizens vote in your election. So it's absolutely crazy. And I've told folks that you know, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. And the fact that the Biden administration and the Department of Justice is willing to let millions of people illegally enter our country, willing to let millions, uh, you know, uh, drugs, uh, pounds of drugs and fentanyl, you know, come into our country. And yet they want to sue Arizona just because we have a statute that says only citizens can vote in our elections. And you have to show proof of citizenship to vote for in a presidential election or to vote by mail. Seems like common sense, but I think the Biden administration obviously has a far left radical agenda. 
Yeah, you know, I was here back in 1996 when Bill Clinton signed into law a law that says you can only be a citizen to vote in federal elections. Now the Justice Department is taking away the mechanism to make sure you comply with that law. How can that be? How can they take away the tool to make sure you're in compliance with that 96 law? Well, look, John, I'm going to do everything I can to uphold the Constitution as I've done throughout my legal career. And, you know, just uh, last year, Brnovich v. DNC, right. you had the lefty group, Sue Arizona, I went into court, U.S. Supreme Court, argued the case personally, and we won that case. And one of the things, one of my proud moments as a litigator was when one of the justices, you know, the, the DNC, the Democratic lawyers were all saying that, well, we don't need these voter integrity laws. Where's the proof of the ballot harvesting can harm an election? And literally in 2004, there was a bipartisan uh, commission that said uh, ballot harvesting is one of the greatest threats to election integrity. And we need to make sure we do everything we can to prevent third parties from handling ballots. Jimmy Carter was the co-author of that report. So there's a lot of hypocrisy on the left where, you know, 20 years ago, even the left, the Democrats, the Democrats, understood the need for election integrity and for everyone to have confidence in the process. But now they are intentionally trying to undermine or demonize anyone that stands up for election integrity. Yeah, and Attorney General, your state has, has tried to do a lot to shore up the integrity of your own elections. But I wonder if, if we had an Arizonan call into the program and ask you, Mr. Attorney General, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in the integrity of elections going into midterms? What would your answer be? Well, look, I mean, there was a lot of chaos in a lot of other states. I am confident um, as long as I'm AG, we're going to do everything we can to ensure the integrity and, you know, whether it's going to the Supreme Court arguing Brnovich v. DNC. I mean, we were six for six. People forget this, that when they tried to extend the ballot curing period um, in Arizona, I went to federal court and stopped them. We didn't have that in Pennsylvania. That's why you saw, you know, all, all sorts of chaos or votes being counted after a certain time period. Uh, you know, we made sure that when the county recorder tried to mail, send mail-in ballots to everyone whether they requested them or not, I went into court on a Friday afternoon and stopped him from doing so. So I'm going to do everything I can to ensure the integrity of the process. But, you know, we've got 20 active criminal cases. Um, just, you know, last month, we successfully, we have our second successful prosecution, which is the first time in Arizona's history in Yuma County for prosecuting people for ballot harvesting. So, look, the left has a lot of time and they have a lot of resources and they've done a lot of things when you know comes to the media when it comes to academia so they control a lot they set a narrative we saw they killed the hunter biden story you know how social media has manipulated us and so there are things the left is actively doing but when it comes to you know trying to prevent or pro i'm out there prosecuting people for ballot harvesting making sure that only people that um, are supposed to get ballots are getting the ballots so i'm doing everything i can but obviously the, the process isn't perfect. And one of the things, Amanda, that I didn't identify in an interim report, which I got criticized for, is this last election, up to 200,000 ballots did not have a proper chain of custody. Now, people can draw their own conclusions from that. I'm not a policymaker, but that is one area where I've said we have to have uh, a chain of custody. And when it comes to these remote voting locations, they have to be monitored and you have to have actual people there or 24-hour surveillance to make sure there's no shenanigans. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And that report was an important one. It, it brought a lot to light and I think summarized it really well. I want to pivot to something that the Supreme Court did on its last day. The U.S. Supreme Court on its final day accepted a case for next year. It's the North Carolina reapportionment case. But really at its heart, it's a decision about does the legislature really have the power the Constitution says it has to set the rules for elections. How important is that case? And might you be a participant in that case as a friend of the court brief? Well, you know, Article One of the Constitution provides that states are responsible for setting the time, place, and manner of elections. And we actually did join uh, an amicus brief, the effort to urge the court to hear this case, because it is important. Um, this is one of the things the left does, is they will take over offices and then they won't defend the laws. And we've seen this in the past with lefty administrations and with, with you know, the Obama administration and environmental groups where you have these sue and settle issues. And so it's important that the legislature or some, someone is there to defend the laws of the legislature. And, you know, that's what the legislature has a right to do and it is an important case. And that's why we joined the amicus effort urging the U.S. Supreme Court to hear that case. Yeah, that's a big one. 
Attorney General, I know going into this election uh, for everyone, not just in border states, but all 50 states, immigration is going to be at very, very close to the top of the list. For Arizonans, um, what are their biggest concerns with respect to immigration? Obviously, we have this flood of, of illegals coming across the border, but you have the human trafficking aspect, of course, the, the drug weapons trafficking aspect of that. For Arizonans, what specifically what what piece of that crisis is is top on their list? Um, I, I, this election is going to be all about security, economic security and border security, because, you know, look, I, I'm a first generation American. I understand why people want to immigrate to the United States. But the very reason I want to be here is because this is the land of opportunity and the rule of law means something. And what the Biden administration has done is systematically undermine the rule of law. And it's why I've had to sue him so many times. Our lawyers, our law office, were the ones in federal court stopping, stopping the Joe Biden from rescinding Title 42. I personally argued at the U.S. Supreme Court when Joe Biden tried to rescind the public charge rule. We've sued President Biden over his failure to build the wall. We know that um, when it came to the uh, interim and then permanent guidance, Joe Biden doesn't want to deport people, deportation orders. So they have systematically incentivized and decriminalized people breaking the law and coming over here, very undermining the rule of law and why people want to come here. And the reality is this isn't now just a, uh, a Joe Biden problem. This is a generational problem because you have millions of people coming into the country illegally. It's taxing our hospitals, our social services, our safety net, our social welfare programs. You know, and meanwhile, people are being put up in hotels and flown all over the country, released into our communities. And at the same time, you have a record amount of fentanyl coming in and, you know, two milligrams, two milligrams of fentanyl can be fatal. So just to put that in context, we lose sight of the stuff. But just last month, enough fentanyl was seized on our southern border to kill the entire population of Arizona. We know last year, 100,000 Americans died of fentanyl and drug overdoses. So people are dying here. And, and it's a result of the failed policies of the Biden administration. Attorney General, very quickly before we go, we got about 20 seconds left. We saw the election of Myra Flores. She flipped a blue seat red. That was in the Rio Grande Valley along the border in a legal Hispanic community. Do you expect to see that uh, happening this November on the border of Arizona? Well, I hope so. I think when we have candidates, Arizonans, that can stand up and articulate Arizona values, we win. And that's why it's important because candidates do matter. Attorney General Mark Brnovich, we appreciate you joining us. We'll have you back on very soon. And you know, Democrats love the honor code when it comes to chain of custody and citizenship. But when it comes to regular law-abiding citizens with red flag laws, they'll take your guns in a heartbeat. Never forget that. All right. We'll be right back with Dr. Harvey Risch, professor of epidemiology, to talk about COVID after break. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, America. So glad to have you join us in our brand new studios here today. During the pandemic, there was no sounder voice of reason than our next guest. He's a professor of epidemiology at the Yale Public School of Health, really one of the most common sense voices in medicine, Dr. Harvey Risch. Doctor, great to have you on the show today. Pleasure to be back with you. You wrote, uh, we had a passing in the, in the health industry this past week, Dr. Vladimir Zev Zelenko. You wrote a beautiful tribute to him and his courage, even in the midst of his fight with cancer, to try to get people the right treatments for COVID-19. How big a loss was Dr. Zelenko? Well, he was an icon in our field. I think that 
he brought the treatment into the public exposure for, for better or worse, given all the pushback. But he basically, in parallel with Dr. Um, Didier Raoult in France, worked out a treatment protocol, or the first real treatment protocol, based on his common sense reasoning in medicine. And he found to his perhaps surprise that it worked even better than he expected. And he exuberantly uh, provided that information to President Trump at the time and to many, many other doctors, which then it was asserted to have politicized this treatment. But of course, the treatment was politicized before Dr. Zelenko had even discovered it because other people knew what these drugs could do for this viral illness going back at least to the fall of, of 2019. So uh, his work saved the lives of hundreds of thousands of Americans, uh, perhaps a little bit under the, the radar. Uh, treatments given by telemedicine groups, which continued uh, to provide his treatment protocol as it applied and as it evolved. Uh, uh, in various ways with additional drugs that became available. And this drug, this regimen worked extremely effectively in helping people to survive COVID in the very early stages of the illness when it's treated in outpatient, as outpatients. And, and it was uh, virtually miraculous that we have these agents that we know work on the, this virus and, and also worked on, on the SARS-CoV-1, which was known 15 years ago. Um, so uh, he was basically a warrior for the truth. And he had a, a personality, a character that just said, I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to stand back when this will save lives of many, many people in, in this pandemic. And he fought as hard as he could to do that. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was remarkable to see and such a, a great impact he had, especially during COVID-19. But Dr. Rich, what does it say about America's trust in, in medical institutions and establishments that I think so many Americans trusted more people like you and Dr. Zelenko than they did any of the quote unquote wisdom or advice coming out of say the CDC? Well, Dr. Zelenko had no conflicts of interest. I have no conflicts of interest. We're you have no pharma contracts or hope of getting jobs in pharma or anything like that. And many other doctors who are just your typical, uh, you know, frontline physician in primary care, seeing these COVID patients day in, day out, have no conflicts of interest. It's the academic doctors who have major conflicts of interest. They do the research studies funded by pharma. They are the spokesman for pharma. They get paid to do, uh, you know, by pharma for grants and teaching and so on. And that, those payments corrupts the entire medical workspace and idea space in, deep into the medical literature, the publishing of studies. The editors of medical journals are, are all beholden to pharma payments. And so this has made everybody skeptical of all of the standard informational roots of, of medicine today, including FDA, CDC, WHO, other agencies, which all have vested interests now in promoting their messaging as opposed to what's real public health. Yeah, such an important lesson we have to learn from this pandemic. It doesn't seem like Washington's learned any of the lessons, but people on the front lines of medicine seem to have. I want to ask you a little bit about Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's had his own recent battle with COVID and the regimen he took by his own admission created a case of what he called rebound COVID. Describe a little bit about what Dr. Fauci's current battle with COVID has brought to light about the treatment course he kind of imposed on America. Well, the Paxlovid medication for treating COVID in outpatients has some degree of efficacy. And if you can get beyond all of its interactions with 30 or more common drugs that, that people use for other things, then you, you can use this, this drug, it's relatively safe. Uh, however, it has the problem that in some 10 to 15% of people who are put on it, there's what's called COVID rebound, Paxlovid rebound, which is that after the first uh, infection and symptoms go away, so after some five to seven days, then it recurs, the infection and symptoms recur. And in many cases, the recurrence is more intense and more infectious than the original 
infection that the Paxlovid treated. And perhaps this is that Paxlovid isn't being given for long enough. Maybe it needs to be given to 10 or, or 14 days all in one pass. However, that's not how it was trialed. That's not how the randomized trials uh, studied it. And so we don't know that in, in any uh, official randomized trial data. And therefore, there can't be any FDA recommendation to do that. And so what happened is it got approved for a five-day or a short course of treatment. And in many cases, that's not long enough to work. And, and so Dr. Fauci was one of the people who took it for the short period. Then it, he got the rebound later and had to take it again, I believe. And his, he said that his symptoms were more intense and, and more uh, uncomfortable the second time. Remarkable. Dr. Rish, we've just got about a minute left. Uh, after reading your article, I gleaned so much information about Dr. Zelenko, um, his refusal to adopt the uh, intransigence of so many doctors during COVID-19. He, he was willing to consider the nuances of medicine, of, of all of the wonderful aspects of Dr. Zelenko. Which, which of those do you think are the most important to propagate across all of medicine at this point? Well, Dr. Zelenko was fearless for the truth that he felt that the your defense of your position resides in the truth of it. And he was convinced of, from his personal experience, if not from the large scientific literature, that hydroxychloroquine and later ivermectin are, are important components for treating outpatient COVID. He had the truth on his side. He was unafraid to go against prevailing opinion Regardless, we live in a go along to uh, get along to go along society, uh, go along to get along society, and he was not of, of that genre. For him, the truth was more important than being right. We are so uh, grateful that he important. exhibited that. There's no doubt about it, sir. Dr. Rich, thank you so much for your time today. Can't wait to have you back on. Folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Grave concerns about the change in immigration rules that President Biden and his team have, uh, have implemented. And uh, the idea that people with known terrorist ties can come into this country without question anymore has a lot of people very, very nervous. And we have the perfect guest to, uh, to address this issue. He's been on the Homeland Security Committee. He has been one of the most important investigators of issues involving security at our border. He is the great senator from Wisconsin, Senator Ron Johnson. Senator, great to have you on the show tonight. Well, John, uh, congratulations on your new set. Hope uh, look forward to being there in person someday. We're going to take you up on that. That'll be fantastic. Uh, I want to turn right to this border. You have been a clarion siren about what's been going on at the border, what Joe Biden's doing. But the idea now that people that are flagged in the FBI terrorism database can get across this country and stay here seems nonsensical. What do you think is going on? John, it's it's impossible to tell. Uh, this is just one of the latest outrages of President Biden's open border policy. Let's face it, he promised he'd fundamentally transform America, and he's doing that. Uh, uh, now we see what fundamental transformation looks like, open borders, a flood of illegal immigrants, which put our nation at risk. You have a flood of narcotics. We have record numbers of overdoses, uh, the human trafficking, the sex trafficking. We, we saw you know, a, a recent mass murder. Of course, the press didn't call it that, but uh, 53 people lost their lives in a mass murder event because of Joe Biden's open border process. Uh, it, it is absolutely sick 
what this administration is doing, and it is putting our nation at risk. Senator, whether it's intentional or unintentional, what message does this send with respect to the JCPOA? Well, you, you may be right in terms of that may be one of their rationales. I mean, the, the fact that they would go crawling back to Iran to get into another really bad deal and pump a few billion dollars more into the economy and military of the uh, world's largest state-sponsored terror just baffles me. Uh, baffles an awful lot of my co colleagues as well, and I hope the American public, but that is what this Biden administration is doing. So th this may be uh, just part and parcel of that negotiation, but it's, it's a incredibly uh, dangerous negotiation and further puts this nation at risk. Yeah, it is remarkable. And uh, when we were looking at these rules, the, the Homeland Security Department said, listen, the reason we made these rule changes is because some of the Afghan refugees are having a hard time getting cleared here. But then we looked and said, well, wait a second, the Taliban, which is in charge of the Afghanistan, is not even on the designated terror list. So this doesn't seem to be a problem in Afghanistan. What do you think is uh, going on behind the scenes? Have, have they briefed the committee? I mean, you're on Homeland Security. Shouldn't they be briefing you about why they made this change? No, John, you, you know, I've how many different types of oversight letters I've sent to yes. all of these agencies and you just don't get any responses whatsoever because uh, Congress doesn't have a very strong enforcement uh, powers over our oversight uh, efforts and administrations know that. And so they just uh, basically thumb their nose at us. Uh, but again, the American public needs to understand exactly what this measure is, is doing so they can hold this administration accountable. You know, we've got an election coming up in four months. Uh, Democrats need to be swept from power to send a very strong signal that the American public will not stand for completely open borders and th creating these kinds of risks to our homeland and national security. Senator, I know your wonderful state of Wisconsin is, is trying to do things to fix, maybe not fix elections, but trying to fortify election integrity a little bit going into the midterms. And Arizona just passed HB 2497, I think, that requires proof of citizenship. Biden's DOJ sued them to try to block that. The sense behind that, please illuminate us. <laughs> there, there's no sense behind it. And by the way, our Republican legislator, legislature is trying to uh, improve election integrity for, the, for the, the main goal of restoring confidence in our election system. This is an unsustainable state of affairs when uh, people from both sides of the aisle if they don't get the right result, they don't have confidence in the legitimate results. So we need to restore confidence in our election systems. And you need to do that by being honest about what's happening, uh, what could be potentially uh, areas where fraud could occur. And then you have to institute controls over those areas so that you can restore that confidence. But uh, unfortunately, our state legislature has passed a bunch of laws that would do that. Our Democrat governor continues to veto it, including a bill that would have banned Zuckerbucks. And of course, we probably had the most famous example here in Wisconsin where we had Mark Zuckerberg completely take over uh, the election system, for example, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. His, his political hack literally had the key to the absentee ballot room. Uh, gee, I wonder what could go wrong there. And yet the mainstream media just shugs and said, oh, this is the most secure election. No problems here. No irregularities. There were all kinds of irregularities, and that's what needs to be fixed. Yeah, absolutely. And you did a, lot, a very important work after the 2020 election to highlight some of these things, get them on the radar so people could see it. One of the challenges in a state like yours is you have a Republican legislature and a Democratic governor. The legislature passes common sense laws. The Democratic governor vetoes them. The Supreme Court on its final day in uh, office or in session this uh, summer took the case of North Carolina and reapportionment, which seems to be centered around does the legislature really have the power to set the rules the way the Constitution is. How important a case is that going to be for the American public? I think it's extremely important. The Constitution is really quite clear. that said the, said the state legislatures should set the times, places, and manners of election. And that did not happen uniformly across the country. We had, for example, in Arizona, you know, the Ninth Circuit, Circuit of Appeals overturn a, a, year, a law that was on the books for 30 years uh, that was all about election integrity. We had courts intervene. Uh, unelected officials uh, doing what the state legislators were uh, given the, the responsibility and the authority to do in the Constitution. So I hope Supreme Court uh, takes it up. I hope they rule that it is state legislatures, because let's face it, it's state legislatures that have the greatest accountability to the voters, to the electorate. That's why our founders, in their wisdom, gave them the authority of setting the times, place, and manners of elections. 
Senator, regardless of the outcome of that, though, if, if Zuckerbucks are allowed to infect elections, like in your state of Wisconsin, um, I happen to know of a big tech mogul who's sending rockets to space who just last month tweeted that he wanted a red wave. Do we fight fire with fire and send some of that big tech money over there in Texas to states and, and try to pull the same game as Mark Zuckerberg? I think we really do need to support uh, conservative social media outlets. Uh, let's face it, Jeff Bezos, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Eric Schmidt, th these people are not on our side. Uh, I would say even Bill Gates. Uh, again, I, I don't know Elon Musk uh, personally, but it sounds like he's for freedom of speech, which is a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to him taking over Twitter and maybe opening up that platform. But you know, conservatives, we, we, we don't have to you know, spend our time on the social media platforms of these ultra-liberal, ultra-leftist uh, individuals who are, who are literally poisoning our politics in many, in many respects. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. So we got about 90 seconds left. I want to ask about the state of Joe Biden. You did some very important hearings in 2020 before he was elected to point out all the conflicts of interest, the potential that he was compromised by his son's business dealings. His poll ratings are cratering in ways I've never seen in my time in Washington. 28%, only 28% of people want him to even run for re-election at this point. How big an issue is the force of Americans turning against the Biden administration's policy? How big is it right now? Well, first of all, it's inflation and gasoline prices. When you have $5 a gallon gas, uh, the media can't cover that up for Joe Biden. He, he, they can't cover up uh, skyrocketing grocery prices. You know, so the, this transformation of America is hurting real people and the media can't cover up for it. Uh, I'm highly concerned uh, in terms of Joe Biden's compromise, uh, the fact that he might have funded uh, his uh, son's use of you know, potentially uh, escorts in part of a, a sex scandal, a global sex scandal or sex uh, uh, operation is also troubling. The Department of Justice, from what we can tell, is doing nothing to investigate or prosecute that. Senator, before we go very quickly, this January 6th committee, very one-sided committee, uh, do you think it's on the incline or the decline? Well, I, I know what it's not looking into, and that is why did we have a breach in the first place? Where was the security? Who was in charge of that? I think we all know it was Nancy Pelosi. What, what was her complicity in not providing the type of security that we should have had with all the warning signs that were available that we're not learning about? So. The January 6th committee, is, it's, it's a partisan witch hunt. And it's really not looking to uncover the truth that the American public deserves to have. Yeah, well, there's something you sent a lot of important oversight letters. I bet you next year we're going to get answers, Senator. Thanks for joining us today. Great honor to have you on. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back, America. If you've been to the gas pump lately, you know the pain that's there. Everybody is feeling it, whether you're a farmer, uh, a trucker, uh, or just an everyday American trying to get the kids to school or soccer practice. It is a painful situation to fill up that tank. Our next guest has been challenging the Biden administration to do more to fix the problem and to give the American people a straight story. He is Tim Stewart, the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association and a good friend of this show. Tim, great to have you back on. Great to be on, guys. Good to see you. You had quite a weekend. Uh, I probably went into it not realizing how uh, how important a weekend it would be. Uh, you called out the president, tried to get him to focus on the facts of the energy crisis. Uh, your take on 
his response and, and the response your tweet got. Well, you know, one, two, three, four, we declare Twitter war. And, and uh, we, you know, Twitter is not the platform that the U.S. Oil and Gas Association has really spent much time on. You know, and, and getting into tweet wars is just a colossal waste of time, as you know. But occasionally there are sometimes you see things that are just so kind of outrageous or dumb that you go, I've got to, I've got to at least say something about this. And so we did a tongue-in-cheek a tongue tweet just on the fly. And uh, um, it happened to just catch more people's attention than it normally would. So but the reality is, is sometimes you've got to call truth. And, and really, this is a White House, which has a basic lack of fundamental economic understanding. We, we hear that day in and day out. Tim, we're seeing so much finger pointing, uh, even with this tweet, to the degree that they're blaming little old gas station owners, not even the wealthy you know, energy company executives, but these these gas station owners. And I heard I heard a figure that I would like for you to possibly confirm for me that gas stations only make two cents profit per gallon. It's it's a remarkably low number. Is that true? It really is. It's about one or two percent on the margin with with regards to gasoline, with regards to fuel. That's why you've seen such an evolution in a gas station over the last 20 years. You know, now we go to gas stations slash convenience stores because they want us to go in, buy that $10 bag of beef jerky and buy that 72-ounce drink. And that's where they make their profit. The gas is sort of oftentimes a lost leader for these stations. And so to call out these mom and pops and tell them we want you to, you know, we want you to do this and do it today. You know, that and the irony of all this, Amanda, was they did it on the 4th of July weekend. You know, 246 what, 46 years ago, Americans put up with that crap and said enough of that. And, and I just thought there was a little irony in that weekend tweet that they sent out. Yeah. And it's the latest in this sort of adjusting story. One day it was President Trump's fault. The next day it's the major oil company's fault. Then it's the guys who aren't drilling on uh, some of the lands. And then it's uh, Vladimir Putin. Now it's the gas station owner. They blamed everybody but themselves. Are they looking in the wrong place? Well, and that's the problem we have. And I said, John, welcome to my world, because from the oil and gas industry perspective, we start the week with two things. One, what bad idea will they send out? And two, what will the president say that say that the bureaucracy will do differently? And in the process, who will they blame? You know, it's Tuesday. They may blame us, but by Thursday, they'll blame Putin. On and Saturday, they'll blame somebody else. It's just how this this energy policy cycle is week in and week out, and it's getting really tiresome. Look, I think there's a lot of common ground we can, can meet on to solve this problem, but they've got to knock down this firewall that they have between us and themselves. Yeah, and Tim, with regards to, to clean energy and green energy and, and the energy agenda of the left, you know, they, they want America to clean up its act and be cleaner and greener, and yet it's a drop in the bucket if we can't compel other countries like China and India to clean up their act. Um, but nonetheless, this administration is, is forcing us to be dependent on other nations where energy obviously is not cleaner or greener to any respect, and yet Folks on the left are perfectly happy with putting the cart before the horse and forcing this green energy on the American people when we're just not ready for it. No, I agree. You know, and they're pushing a transition to, to nowhere for us. There's no, nothing to transition to just yet. And, and the sad part is that U.S. oil and gas itself is the cleanest fossil fuel that you will be able to find. The entire world sends its engineers, sends its experts here to learn how to do it right. A, a barrel of oil coming out of North Dakota or out of Texas is far cleaner than anything come out of Russia or Venezuela. And yet, for some reason, the administration is pushing this this foreign policy piece where where they're giving up their leverage. They're, they're giving up their leverage of, of us as an as a energy superpower and going and shaking the tin cup at Venezuela or Saudi Arabia. I, I don't understand their strategy. And we'll never get to clean energy if we don't have a clear path forward and they've not produced anything. It's basically a wish list is what it is. Yeah, we're years, if not decades, away from a grid that can support electric cars. It's just amazing to think of that gap and then listen to the rhetoric after it. I want to turn for a second to what the administration has been doing to attack future investment in oil and gas. We, we're going to need it for a long time, but things like the Securities and Exchange Commission's new rules on ESG seem to be aimed at cutting off future investment. Uh, how dangerous is that to our energy future? I mean, it's incredibly dangerous. You're exactly right, John. And and look, you and I have had this conversation several times. 
that uh, when you intentionally send the, the signal to Wall Street that it is this administration's intent to sunset the oil and gas industry, that sends a very, very clear message that it is a not a long bet that uh, if you do decide to, to fund, say, uh, refer, the refurbishment of a refinery on the East Coast at a cost of a billion dollars, if the administration policy comes to, comes to fruition, I'm not going to get my money back. And so th- this debaking of the industry, we're seeing it, uh, the consumers are, are paying for it every time they put, they put gas in their car. Now, the interesting thing, if I could, you know, that, that last week the Supreme Court ruled that the EPA didn't have the authority to, uh, to implement the Clean Power Plan, you know. The interesting thing is if the EPA doesn't have the authority, then the SEC certainly doesn't have the authority to implement uh, climate change, uh, change, climate change policy through its regulations. They don't have that statutory authority. So last week was a really interesting development in this ESG uh, discussion we have. Tim, very quickly before we go, I know you said since you replied to that Biden administration tweet that your life has become chaotic, but are you going to continue replying to those tweets? Because I have to say, I think you've created a very good opportunity to counter the Biden administration's narrative and to possibly educate more Americans. Are you going to continue to reply? Well, you know, again, it's uh, these Twitter fights are, are largely exercises in futility. Uh, I think what we want to do, though, <laughs> is is we you know my members have said very clear we need to fight back we we can we can negotiate and we can can help them get where they need to be but we cannot allow stupid ideas to come to fruition so that we're going to keep punching back thank you yeah, it's real important tim your industry has had its hand out trying to engage the white house on areas of common ground and they keep turning it down some mind mind numbing uh, uh scenario sir always good to have you on the show thanks for joining us Thanks, you guys. Good seeing you. Thanks. You as well. All right, folks. We'll be right back after the commercial break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hello, America. Thanks. Welcome back for the commercial break. You enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you for spending some time with us. A big thanks to all of our guests, Chad Wolf, Tim Stewart, Ron Johnson, Harvey Riss among them. Always grateful when you're on the show. We'll see you on Monday. Have a good rest of the weekend. God bless you. God bless this incredible country, the United States. Yep, you've been listening to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, 
the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. 